0: What's up, Magic fans? Round two is no joke. This is where we separate the pretenders from the contenders. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They are offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to ten thousand dollars in total prices each day. The best part is, as free-to-play, DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app. Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details.
1: Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone
0: Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and now part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Where your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is June 10th, and we are exactly 12 days away from the NBA lottery and today we got special guest, CEO and lead instructor of Elite Basketball Skills, and video associate for the Orlando Magic, Daryl Jordan Jr. AKA Peanut.
1: What's up, man? Nothing much, man. Happy to be here. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, man. Good. We're we're happy to have you on, man. We got we got a full list, so I, I hope you're ready for us. But before we get into it, how has your off season been? I know uh, this past season, from everything that I've been hearing from other players and and people run the league, the season's been a very long draining season. so how happy are you to be in off season and what you've been up to?
1: Uh, I mean it's cool to have an off season, but uh, it's just been up and down just because like there's so many different like tests we have to do or having times we got to take them, so it's just a matter of like trying to get like that 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 work life you know balance It's It's hard to, to do, especially you know play a back to back game, you know, or you play every other day. And so you're just always kind of like in the gym. So it's almost like you sleep in the gym. But now that it's a little bit of a downtime and we just, you know, go to the gym to do whatever we need to do for that day. The hours are shorter. You don't have to worry about like watching or scouting or cutting a game or putting together something for, you know, coaching staff. You just kind of go in there, do your business with players, and then you like go home and you kind of have the rest of your day. So a little easier.
0: Yeah, being around the league, I heard that it's just nonstop testing. It's almost on a daily basis, is it not?
1: Yeah. So uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, I was allowed to go to the bubble. So I've been testing for like over a year every single day until they recently stopped it towards the uh, <laughs> end of the season. So wow. yeah, it's like every day you go get tested, and every once in a while you got to go back twice, you know, just depending on whatever the rules are for that day. So uh, that part's draining because you're like, you know, every single time you don't, you don't have, you know, the virus. But you're testing every single day to make sure you don't have the virus, you know. So yeah, it can be draining. That can be draining on top of like, you know, you can't go into the gym until this time because you're the test. You know, you ain't gotta be out by right. time to go do this part. So that gets draining, but
0: yeah, I mean, man. They cool. they just announced today that uh they're they're working on putting the the regular schedule back in for this upcoming season, so that's exciting. We're already getting a little glance of, you know, the fans going back into the arena. So it, it feels as if there's just a little more, you know, we're we're getting back to normal a bit. So that's that's exciting. Um, now, for those that aren't familiar with you, what exactly is it? What what are your job responsibilities when we say, you know, a video associate for the Orlando Magic? What What is it? What is it exactly that you do for the team?
1: Uh, kind of jack of all trades, but the biggest responsibility uh, we have to like watch like all of the other teams play that we're getting ready to play. So we watch all their games. Uh, we do the, like, film edits. So we're, like, putting in the plays, uh, breaking it down for, like, the coaches because they all they all have uh, specific areas that they need to look at and watch. So you're, like, you know, doing those games, getting to them. And then you're, like, in the gym in the morning for when players want to come shoot um, or they have their shooting times. So you're, like, rebounding and passing. And then after that, you know, you got practice. So you may have to run through a couple plays if, you know, coach needs you. And after practice, the guys that didn't shoot in the morning, they're going to shoot after. Uh, Then you finish that and you kind of like take a deep breath. But then there's usually like a game that you have to like watch and edit and cut and do all that kind of stuff. So you're back at the gym or if you want to do it at home. I usually come back to the gym. It's just easier. Kind of get your alone time and you can, you know, get through a little bit faster. And then, you know, every blue moon, one of the guys call, hey, I'm coming in to shoot. And you're like. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, you, you know, you go in there, you work with them, and then you get back to your duties, and, and kind of you know do it all over again. So your days can you know go anywhere depending on how you do your work schedule. You can be there from like you know six in the morning until you know two in, two in the uh, two of the next morning, two a.m. the next morning. Uh, wow. You know, wow. forbid that there's a game that goes in overtime. I remember my first year, I had uh, Memphis Brooklyn. I think it was in Brooklyn. Uh, this was like three years ago, and it went to like three or four overtimes, and it was a late game. And what, what we consider a late game is if it starts at like, you know, 10 o'clock East Coast time. And so like it just like kept going. It was like, you know, oh, they tied it up overtime. Oh, it tied, they're just sitting there like, holy moly, because the way you have to do the edit is uh, once the quarter's over, about two, three minutes after the quarter's over, the system download the quarter and then you go through the whole quarter so you're always like a quarter behind so when you're like oh finally don't the fourth quarter and then you look up it's like overtime. you're like oh here we go and so yeah, yeah so
0: you kind of can't you can't start in the full the full quarters over right
1: yeah you can't start to the full quarters over and if you got two games in a night sometimes you're just kind of like oh man it's gonna be a long one because you finish one and you start the other but It gets easier with time. It's just the beginning, you know, starting out. You, like, get into a groove. And before you know it, you're like, oh, man, I'm, like, halfway through this game. Like, you know, you just kind of figure it out from there. But But,
2: so it it definitely sounds like it's a lot of work. Now, for those listeners that don't know, you know, how you got to Orlando, mm -hmm. you know, what's your your story behind that? So how did you end up with the Orlando Magic?
1: uh, You want the short version of Orlando or where I, like, started in the whole basketball process that I feel led me to Orlando.
2: Listen, so totally was the whole story.
1: <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> all right. So I'll give you a little bit about myself. Like, so I'm originally from Oklahoma. Uh, so I was like born small town, Oklahoma. My parents moved to Nevada. So I like grew up, uh, I was in law Vegas, Like, you know, I went to like, middle school, high school, so on and so forth. I ended up, uh, graduating from the university of Nevada, Reno. And my childhood friend, uh, was a lottery pick in 03. And so like I finished college and he finished college and he was just like, as kids, you know, you always make that joke. Oh, when I become a professional, you know, I got us. Well, I never made that joke. And I looked at myself like, I probably won't be a professional, you know, <laughs> mentally I'll be a professional somewhere, but like physically I just did enough to get through school, right? And I'll never forget, like uh, I'm sitting in college. I'd already graduated. I was just kind of up there. Like, All right, what am I gonna do? you know, with the month of my life as far as like, am I gonna keep pursuing like the basketball coach and stuff or am I gonna get a real job, so and so forth. And he called and he was like, You watch draft? I said, I did. He's like, You ready? I was like, I am. He was like, All right, packed up my stuff. I drove back to Vegas. Uh, I flew out, went with him to his team, started working for him. He started like his own little company. I started working for him. Um, I started my own little like training, you know, company which is, you know, my elite basketball skills. So I started doing that, and I was just literally training guys any chance that I got, working with them, you know, getting shots, just perfecting, like, my craft. Uh, Season would end. I would literally go to, like, a college, whatever university was at, like, a camp, and I would take the money from that camp to buy a ticket to the next camp, and I would do that, like, all summer. uh, Well, for the first part of the summer. And then I would uh, work out guys until – We would fly back to the team we played for, and I'd go back to, like, working for him and so on and so forth. So I did that for about seven years, and uh, I got a call one day from a junior college, and they were like, hey, we need a coach down here. We got a couple recommendations. Uh, So I went down to, like, a small town in Texas, started coaching junior college. Uh, Thankful, which was funny. There were about four or five kids on the team who were from Vegas, and they, like, watched me play growing up. So, like, they had known me. So I was like, oh, this is – Oh, Nice. So, yeah, yeah, so did that. Um, hey, coming there. in, you're
0: coming in with the respect already.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. The Jerry College training, I'll tell you, is totally different. Like, I had to, like, get, like, a CDL, drive, like, a people mover. I had to, like, live in the dorms. Uh, I made 500 bucks uh, the whole time there. Um, it, it, that was, like, a grind. Like, that was a big grind, you know. Like, you travel somewhere with the girls' team, they play first, then they wait on us and we all come back together. You're stopping at like McDonald's to grab something to eat. Uh, you know, cafeteria's not open on Sundays. So you're, hey, it was a whole big, It's like going back to college all over again. Um, so doing that, uh, I left after a year because I had a bigger opportunity as far as training because there were a lot of different people back home in Vegas that were just like, hey, you know, where you at? Wanna work, wanna work? So I would work and do that. So doing all that, um i started my buddy started AAU program i started coaching aau i was really successful in that rank uh and through like my own self what i used to pride myself on is like i didn't really help every single uh kid growing up like if if you really want to do the basketball thing like i had rules it was like not all of you are gonna be professional athletes some of you will never be professional athletes but you can like get your education paid for and that was my biggest thing like how can we get the education paid for um so if somebody wanted to work with me one, I was probably the most expensive person in Vegas to like work with, especially when it came to like the youth, uh, because like I didn't work with everybody, and I gave you everything. I was lucky enough that every single kid that I helped played Division One basketball, except for one kid, and he uh, didn't want to sit. He wanted to play, so he went to like a Division Two, which is fine because he had fun. But he had an opportunity, you know, to go to a Division <clears> One. <throat> so I did that. Uh, moved over to like the Eybl side uh, had some success, you know, with the EYBL program. And then, um, I called my buddy's agent and because we were friends after, you know, it's been 20 years, this guy's known me. And I was just like, Hey, you know, I just want to know if you know anybody that would allow me to come out and, uh, work the pre-draft, you know, I just want to kind of do it for experience, you know, run all these guys all the time. And I just want to, you know, see what it's like to be in that arena. And he was like, uh, you know, it's funny. I just talked to somebody. He's like, let me call him back. And so he calls uh, this GM back. And it was like, yeah, hey, you know, no problem. If wants to come out here, these are the dates, whatever. I mean, I was paying for my own self. They didn't pay for it. So it was kind of free labor in a sense. But I was looking at it, you know, in a bigger picture. To
0: get the experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the kids that I had grown up helping, uh, like kind of mentored, uh, just like my guy, he actually was signed by the team. Um, and his father called me. So this is how funny this story happened. So this was like, let's say like a Wednesday um, that I talked to my agent buddy and asked, you know, for this opportunity. Calls me back like, yeah, yeah, you got it, whatever. Thursday I get a call from my buddy's dad. Like, hey, let's go watch and play. You got signed for the rest of the year, playoffs, you want to go? I was like, yeah, whatever. We left Friday. So we fly to the team that I actually ended up doing you know, like the pre-draft four, uh, GM walks in, I introduced myself, you know, Daryl Jordan, blah, 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 boom, thought nothing of it, I didn't really know, my agent buddy called me, he was like, hey, I just got off the phone with um, the GM there, um, well, he was like, at the GM he's like, where are you at? I was like, oh, I'm in the gym, he's like, oh, you're here in Vegas, I'm like, no, I actually flew out to go watch, you know, the little fellow play, and so he was like, uh, really? He was like, that's who I called, he was like, let me call you back, so he like calls, the GM, back, GM comes back in the, uh, in the gym. He's like, hey, you're Peanut. And I was like, yeah, I'm Peanut. And he was like, well, you know, you like told me your old Jordan. I was like, well, that's my real name. Just, you know, everybody calls me Peanut. So <laughs> I go to his office. I tell him my story. He was just like, wow. It's like you did all that. And then uh, everybody thought like I was in my 20s. And I was like, nah, like I'm in my mid 30s at this point. And he was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I came out for pre draft. And he, I, first day I got there, you know, got set up, met, all that kind of stuff, started doing the workouts. The second day, he took the Orlando job. <laughs> so I was just, like, sitting at this team, like, uh, you know, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no big deal. Um, my age buddy calls him. And he was like, no, I saw him. Great guy. He's like, you know, had opportunity, so on and so forth. I'm like, all right, cool. So I finished out my 11 days there. I get a call from the GM. He was like, hey, there could be an opportunity here. Um, you know, I saw what you did. I loved it. Um I'll get back to you. I was like, all right, great. Tried uh, tried to work some things. And then there was like a storm that came, like kind of right before the season. And so it kind of like pushed everything back. So I just like stayed in Vegas, thought it was like no opportunity left. Just kind of was like, ah, you know, whatever, no big deal. And I was grateful to be there for the time, you know, so I kind of saw what it was like to be on the other side. And then I get a call uh, the following year. It's like, hey, opportunity opened up, new staff's coming in. Would you be interested? I was like, yeah, Absolutely. Then I ended up meeting the president of the team, uh, told him my story. He was like, hey, we'll get back to you. I got a call uh, when they came to Vegas for Summer League. This is when I got to meet the head coach. Met, like, We were all just out together. They all were like, hey, man, you know, like, we could use you. You know, We'd like to give you this opportunity if you take it. I was like, yeah, sure. When do I come? They're like, when can you come? I was like, out of respect for the job that I was working, um, can I just give them two weeks? They're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And I literally – 2 weeks packed up came cross country that's how i landed in orlando
0: <laughs> man that's that's crazy so let me let me ask you when it comes to opportunity within basketball especially obviously in the league is it is it is there any preference or is really you're willing to go wherever the opportunity is cuz we went from First, texas to to community to now you know going from vegas to orlando
1: um, for me personally, or just period, both, both
0: personally and, well, and professionally.
1: So, personally for me, um I love basketball so much, and I'm willing to you know take these chances because they don't come around all the time. It's almost like the draft, right? Two hundred people enter the draft. There's sixty spots, and only thirty are guaranteed. So, what happens to the other two hundred, some or hundred, you know, forty other people? They're not gonna probably get that opportunity so that's how i look at it this opportunity happened um why not take the chance you know what's the worst that can happen i got an opportunity to do something that people are knocking on doors to do begging to do trying to do so for me yeah i would have went anywhere you know it it didn't bother me i mean i i kind of consider myself like a traveler like with basketball i've been literally everywhere that you can think of so for me to stay somewhere for one two three four five ten twenty years it wouldn't bother me if it's involved with basketball now on the other side uh for other people i can't speak on other people i I would assume some people aren't willing to go somewhere and take that chance because you are taking a chance right you know Mm -hmm. you go somewhere um take like indiana right let's say somebody moved there this year and then their coach is removed that doesn't necessarily say that you get to stay with that team right Mm -hmm. you got to re-interview with the new coach or they just get rid of everybody. And then you hopefully you shaking enough hands that somebody else can place you or that coach has enough friends that says, Hey, this guy worked hard for me for this year. You know, can I send them to you? So it's, you know, it's, it's a scary situation for a lot of people. But for me, uh, I was willing to set a chance and, you know, so it's worked out so far.
0: Now you mentioned earlier that you're, you're a, you know, you, you do a little bit of everything. Is it, typical for a video associate to kind of be hands-on on the court helping the players shoot at the gym long hours is that is that typical or is that kind of the the area that you kind of fell fell in with
1: with now, the team so good question um i came into this you know green i didn't know what what it was right like what do i do like um, <laughs> so learning and having other friends that are you know in the league everybody's team is different but the role that i have kind of stays the same right like players want to come back at night the coaches have a huge uh agenda right like they have a, a big like a plate full of things right so for them to come back yeah they will come back they have no problem with that but there's some nights where it's like hey we have these guys here who know our system they know what we're doing and you just come back to shoot like 100 shots right so you're basically rebounding and passing rebounding and passing um the the guys who've been in the league a while, they have routines. So they might say, Hey, I only want to shoot, you know, five pull-ups from this spot, you know, five pull-ups from this spot and do some ball handling. Right. So they come in, come out. Uh, Then you have like some younger guys who are like, Hey, I'm just trying to get better. You know, what would you like? You know, like, what can I do? Like, what do you see? You know? So you're like, all right, Hey, you know what, let's shoot 50 shots, but let's shoot them this way. Or they might come and say, Hey, I need to get a little better with my handle. And with that, you know, you just kind of, all right, here, here's some drills. Here's some stuff that we can do. Here's some stuff that you know we do in the in our offense, things like that. So that part is all the same, you know. Now how it's controlled is different, you know, for every team. I would imagine.
2: No, so I gotta ask. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, though. No, I, I was gonna transition to a different topic, but finish it before we we go to that. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like you're
0: on call, in essence, right? So oh, a player wants to get some shots up, they say, "Yo, Peanut." Like I, I gotta get this out of me. I gotta, I gotta take the hundred shots. So it can be five, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, and you're literally dropping everything you're doing. You're binge yep. watching the newest show on Netflix as <laughs> top ten, and you can't finish watching that episode because you gotta go to the court because Markel need to get some shots up. Is that well, is that yeah, really the scenario?
1: That's, that's honestly the scenario. We're not binge watching anything other than NBA games because you're usually you preparing for your next, you know, team that we're playing. Uh, the the one thing that. Not I don't want to use the word tough, but one thing that will surprise you is some guys will play. Right, we have a game tonight. They play and they shot bad. They will stay in their uniform, come to the practice gym, and you'll be down there on game night. And they may shoot for an hour trying to shoot out why they shot bad or whatever the case. That ends, and then you have to go do your edit. So it kind of like pushes you back, you know? Because like they come first. Because without them, obviously. You know, we don't have jobs, right? right? We need, we need to need right. the things like that. So so you, you're on call, but the guys aren't, like, disrespectful. They're not going to call at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night and say, hey, I'm trying to get some shots because I can't sleep. It's nothing like that. It's, it's usually, you know, 8, 9 o'clock, you know, they'll call. You know, after they've been home, they've eaten or taken a nap or whatever the case may be. Uh, and for the most part, like, you have such a rapport with the players. Like, they all know, especially with me and my counterparts, like, we're usually up there. So for them to... Sometimes they'll just show up, and they'll be like, "Well, I didn't really want to bother." We're like, no, nah, like we're good," because we'll see them on the screen coming to the gym, and we'll just go down there and like change. And they're like, "Oh, do you mind?" We're like, "Yeah, no, nah, no big deal." But for the most part, they'll give you a heads up. Hey, I'm coming in tomorrow at this time, or I might come in at you know this. year. It's just like, "All right,
0: cool." Who puts you to work the most?
1: It varies, yeah. Because again, if guys have bad weeks, <laughs> they're there the whole week. If you know guys are shooting well, you know, really superstitious. Uh, but you will get. Uh, a variety of you know young and old guys it, it just depends like there's no guy who just comes in all the time and says you're gonna go to work you know like you know it can be anybody
2: so with everything that you've done so far so you've done some college you've done your own kind of again with with the elite um project that you did mm-hmm. and now getting to, to the magic i gotta ask you so then what is your dream job if you could kind of choose your path and and idealize yourself at that situation, what would that be like? What role would that be?
1: Um, when I'm ready. So that's the thing. Um, I wouldn't jump into things as of right now, but I mean, ultimately I think it would be cool to own a team, but I think I would be like, a, you know, Steve Ballmer, Mark Cuban type. Like I want to be active still, you know, cause I just love the gym. Um, but realistically, so I do have a goal. And my goal is to take the role that I have now, transition that into a bench role from a bench role to a head job, from a head job to a GM, to a GM, to a president. And then Mm -hmm. I can just ride off in the sunset. So like, you know, God willing and me, you know, hustling and bustling and doing whatever it takes and, you know, doing all the right things and getting better and learning from the people around me, I can get there. Uh, But I wouldn't be sad if I sat on a bench for 20 years and rode off into the sunset also, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm just looking for the longevity and the learning part of it. Um, if it. If it went to like a scouting role, you know, if that was something that, you know, interests me, I'm just all about the world of basketball. So, you know, that's kind of I'd, I'd love to end up being the one making the decision saying, keep this guy, trade this guy, bring this guy in and pay that guy. I think that would be, you know, a really interesting uh, part of the business because I've always been the hands on part of the business as a player, as what I do now as have my own uh you know training you know helping people out so i've always been hands-on so to be like the thinker instead of me physically going out there saying i think you should do this right that's a whole change of role and i think that's exciting as well
0: i think the uh the first person that comes to mind is uh eric spolstra when when you see someone kind of go from you know the the video coordinator the you know what, what you're doing right now and then you know, now a head coach and it's been with Miami for a long time. Do you see that as kind of a, a motivation, a pathway, a, a blueprint of some sort?
1: So that honestly, that's a great question. So I, I, I toy with that. Um, I think that's great for myself, Eric Spolstra. Um, I think Vogel was in the uh, video room. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. Like you learn. a right, lot Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think there's some people, um, Man, you know, let's take Chauncey Billups. Would you ever put him in the video room? No, he'd go to a bench and he would. So everybody's, you know, job is different, right? There's some people who are going to be in the front office who might say, you know what? Like Pat Riley did the one time he stepped down to be the head coach of Miami, you know, when he's already in the front office. So I I think it all depends. Is it a bad way to go? Absolutely not. Um, Because you learn so much, right? You see it from literally the ground up, right? You don't miss a step because you see like, how the games are edited, what plays other teams run, who are the key guys, how you run your defense towards it, how they run their offensive stuff. So you have a you know all this information that you wouldn't get if you already saw, uh, sat on the bench because you're trying to gain that information, which you're getting from the video room. So do I think it's a pathway? Absolutely. Do I think it's for everybody? Probably not. Um, does it hurt you? Absolutely not. Does it help you? It definitely can. You know, so... Yeah, you know, I, I I toy with that. Yeah,
0: I mean it just it just sounds like uh like it really is a, a daily grind. Now I um I've I've been wanting to ask you this question since we started. When when it comes to showing video or when the team is watching video, I kind of imagine like and it's my own make-believe idea that they're all kind of in a movie theater. Coach Cliff is on the sideline with a laser pointer, and then yeah. they're just literally watching the game from beginning to end. And from what I'm sound what it sounds like is that's not the case that there are certain yeah, areas yeah. that the coach is requesting and they focus on certain areas. because I'm, I'm thinking that it's really from beginning to end. The coach is pausing, rewinding, <laughs> playing, pointing out Mo, pointing out, you know, Markel, whatever the case may be, rewinding, hearing uh, David Steele, um, talking about this, and the players are going back. Like that's that's how I'm in, envisioning it, and I'm I'm imagining that that's not the case at all.
1: Well, you have a a great vision that is
0: not. There's true. no. There's no popcorn. There's no popcorn. Right.
1: So so I how yeah, how it's broken down is like this. So let's say you're playing your team. Um, there's usually typically a hundred plays uh, per game, right? Like offensive plays, right? 100 offensive, 100 defensive alerts, about 200 clips. Uh, Coach will take that game and he will pick out, we'll say, we'll say just on a day that's a little longer, right? Seven to 10 clips, right? And on average, he may pick four or five clips. But those are clips that like where we might have missed an assignment that could have changed the trajectory of what we were doing or something that uh, we didn't really get to – go over that much in practice, so we want to see it, right? So Coach will get up there, he'll have his board, he'll literally, you know, put the information of, like, you know, what's needed, you know, how we were last night, like, whether it was, like, we had 10 turnovers, and we should have had, you know, five, or, you know, just things like that, you know, they out-rebounded us by four, just visually, so they're talking points for Coach, um, and then he'll go through film, if he uses film, he doesn't use film every single day, right, or every single practice, uh, but we'll go through, and it's literally, once he takes it, um, we'll have the edit, and he'll just say, hey, I want this clip, this clip, and this clip. We'll put it together for Coach and put it on the computer. So he literally just has to click so it comes up, and it, he goes through, right? He'll just say, hey, and there's no sound. So you're watching, and all the guys are sitting, like, on a practice court in our chairs. Like, we'll pull all the chairs out before they get out, and it's, like, this big, huge TV that's hooked up to our computer and coach just stands like in one spot and he's just like, Hey, you know, we need to rotate here. Or, Hey, this is a good shot. Or, you know, look at this floor spacing, you know, watch what happens when we move the ball, you know, whatever it is that, you know, the topic is. Then after that, he's like, all right, good. He's like, uh, you know, go warm up. So then we'll grab all chairs you know, put them back, all that kind of stuff move it up court. And then they, the uh, staff will come out and like, you know, warm them up, get them loose. And then that's probably like 10 minutes. And then we're like, coach may like have a small walkthrough like he might say hey before we start let's go over this this and this physically and they'll just like walk through and then we'll like start practice and then that's how it is now when the coaches have like your individual player that they're working with so like let's say we'll use markel for example uh coach will sit whatever coach is working with markel right he'll sit with markel and he'll do the same thing but he'll have his own clips right they won't be the clips that we saw in practice uh, they'll have his own. And it could be whatever he feels Markel needs to see. So if it's, let's say, some defensive rotations, hey, here's five clips, and they'll watch that before they shoot or after they shoot. And so each coach has whatever player they're talking to has a couple clips that they'll show that player before or after. You know, they shoot after practice or before practice. So that's
2: how it's broken yeah, down. So is... All those
1: clips, you may use 20. <laughs>
2: Man, but that, that is wow. amazing insight. Thank, thank, thank you for sharing that with us. Because, again, now yeah, now wow. we can. Now, Anthony knows you guys are not eating popcorn. No popcorn. That's not Man, that's that, what's happening. No popcorn. And,
1: and don't get wrong. The guys, you know, they may say, hey, coach, can you, like, rewind that? You know what I mean? Like, they want to, you know, just to ask coach. Because that's what it's about. It's about, like, getting better. You know what I mean? Like, and right. what we saw and what they saw and, you know, things like that. So, you know, and, and the right. players do the same thing. Like, the players call and say, hey, can you get all of my shots? And we pull all their shots so they can, and we'll send to like their iPads or to their uh, computers or whatever they have, so they can actually look on their own. Like everybody's invested in the whole process of watching film. It's not, we're going to watch the whole game all over and see all the good (laughs) and bad. It's not like that. It's like, (laughs) get out, because we're trying to practice. Because again, you might be game the next day. You may have a game, you know, that, that night, you know, it just, it just all depends.
2: Gotcha, I know that that makes sense. So let's transition here quickly to, to some magic basketball talk. And I'm going to take it back to last August and really, yeah, August, July of last year, the bubble. I know I, I kept watching your feed and, and I know you were uh, a key member of making that happen. You were very involved mm-hmm. in the whole situation. Just three questions that popped to mind about the whole experience for you. You know, what was that experience like? Any memorable moments? And what did you enjoy the most and disliked uh, about that experience?
1: So I enjoyed the whole opportunity and the experience. And I'm thankful that, you know, like uh, upper management, you know, front office said, hey, you know, we trust you to represent the magic and we want you to help out in the bubble. You know, would you mind? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know what I mean? Uh, So first and foremost, that was like the cool part. It's like being selected because there weren't a lot of people selected. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And there you truly were the jack of all trades because you had to make sure all of the, you know, PPE stuff was straight. Make sure teams had what they needed. You know, uh, make sure. You know, whatever places you could fill the gap, you were doing that. So you're always all over the place. Um, the length of the stay, it didn't really bother me too much. Like, you're confined to one little area, and that's kind of like, okay, like, what do you do? Right. Um, so you could go swimming, you could ride a bike, you could work out, uh, you could do your job and work, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you could watch all the games. That was, you know, the cool thing. So, you found things to do, and you know, with your time, when you had the time, uh, staying in the same like hotel room, you know, for uh, I can't tell you how many days I was there. I was there like three months, so you know what I mean. Like the same room, it was almost like groundhogs day every day. Wake up, mm-hmm. do this, go outside, eat, because you had to test every day. So you like literally, you had to wake up, you had to have this like heart monitor thing for your finger. You had to get that. You had to log on to your phone put that information into your phone, check your temperature, put that into your phone, walk over to your testing site, take the test, and then they they link that to your phone so you have all your information, all your daily stuff every day. Then after you do that, go grab something to eat, kind of do whatever duties you had to do, come back and, you know, you probably had like a two-hour window before you possibly had to go to an arena and make sure they had their stuff or what game's playing or, you know, somebody may request something, um, And you'd have to go, like, you know, find them. So that was kind of the daily, everyday thing. Now, the cool thing about it was you literally, outside of, like, the Magic, you were there with other teams. So you kind of saw how, like, teams uh, were together, uh, how the players were outside of, like, fans, because everyone there was somebody in a sense, right? Like, you didn't have to go outside and say, oh, how many autographs do I have to sign, right? (laughs) Because it's like the buddies or, you know, they know each other. Just like, hey, you know, they keep going. Um, You saw how teams, like, were, you know, uh, taking advantage of this and how some people were just, you know, I'm here in the bubble, you know, there's nothing really to do. Uh, But then you would also find, like, coaching staffs, like, walking. So there's, like, this, you could walk around where we were actually at. I think it was, like, three miles, like, if you walked around, like, 20 times or something like that, you know. So you would see people in the morning, that was their routine. They'd get together as a staff. They'd walk, boom, disperse. Um, Rob Palenka every day would like go swimming, go run, and then he'd vanish, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) into whatever. But every day you would see like all these different people doing high school things. Um, So that was an experience. I think one of the best experiences that when you were at the games, it, it was so intimate because like you literally could hear things that you wouldn't hear in a game. So like you would hear like the benches. Like, Oh, let him shoot. Like, Oh, that get ready to rebound, you know, <laughs> run or like, don't close out to him. Like, you know, Hey, attack him with that. So, and it was like, it was almost like a, being outside at the park, but it was like organized in a sense, right? Like no one was getting technicals. They were laughing at people when they do stuff wrong, you know, just, you can just <laughs> see like the team camaraderie um, in full effect. And when you're watching a game on TV, you know, you see the crowd, you hear the noise, all that stuff's drowned out. especially when you're at a game, same thing, right? You're just like focused on when they're there and there's like 30 people there and 20 of them are like the camera crew and the staff and and there's just like this small group of people who actually are working the bubble watching these games. Like we're the fans and you're not really a fan because you're just watching basketball. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, I'm totally rooting for this guy because, like, it's just a basketball game. Now, when the Magic played, it's different because you're, like, invested in those guys, right? So you're like, oh, man, right. you know, good shot. Oh, I can't believe you did this. Uh, but other teams are just like, wow. You know, and you get to see up close and personal, like, those players. And that was, like, a cool experience, right? Because you can say, like, this is their element, like, to watch Miami when they went on their bubble run, like, how hard they played or, you know, shots they hit, uh, especially, like, the Denver-Utah series. Remember that series where, like, Donovan Mitchell, like, landed on the floor at the end? Like, to be there, it was so genuine for guys to come over and, you know, pick him up and, you know, say, you know, like, hey, man, good job. You played well. Because in the game, you know, everybody just said in the game, hey, all right, peace. And they walk off. Here, like, people literally was, like, the old school elementary high-five, high-five, good game, good game. You know, like, that kind (laughs) of thing. And then they end up at the same hotel. And they're, you know, playing paddle ball or whatever. You know, like, it's not like there was, like, no beef. But. You know, you can see the dynamic. Like Miami, I feel like they would go everywhere together. Like when you saw one Miami player, it was like a trickle effect. They're all following. They go eat together. They go back to their room together. They would go, you know, there's like this, like in the middle of where there's like a little restaurant. They all go eat together. You know what I mean? Not that other teams wouldn't, but they would be in packs, right? You have like four or five guys, two or three. Miami was like, if you saw one, slowly but surely, you would see everybody coming.
0: And team chemistry. Stuff so yeah. stuff like that is important. Um, I I remember reading an article or or seeing it. You know, there there was players that were seeing the the Lakers kind of celebrate after they had won, and they they took a video of one of them having a party. Or I want to say that it was maybe Bam uh, a couple uh, maybe the series before that. Uh, you know, he walked past by. You know, one of the players that you know he had eliminated, and you know, it was it's just an awkward feeling because it kind of feels like it was NBA University, NBA Two K like it's it's it seemed like it was a it was fun at first everyone was you know getting the the goodie bags that the nba gave them then you had you know the barber shop you were mm-hmm. able to go fishing you're able to do that but three months is a really long time and after a certain time period i can see where it it does get draining and it gets draining really fast because it's literally non-stop it's 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 basketball it's not it's like you a, yeah. can go home and kind of decompress can go home to right. your family you can't you right. know you know you're not you're not laying in your own bed i thought uh before we actually started playing in the bubble that the the magic we're going to have kind of that uh home court advantage or or that that little bit of edge knowing that they weren't that far away from home and i i i feel like that wasn't that wasn't the case so very similar to you know um lebron was on his show saying that you know he received he got ptsd from from orlando or from the bubble uh can do you see do you see that as as reasonable in the sense where yeah you can kind of see how people are kind of tired of orlando because of that experience
1: well yes and no like i understand being tired like you know you've been away from your family for that long um or just your everyday things right like you could Hey, I go to this coffee shop, you know, every morning before like you're not doing that. Like you're just here. And it wasn't like, you know, anything was going to change, right? Even when they started to bring the families in towards the, you know, end of the bubble, it wasn't like, oh, my family. You know what I mean? Because like you're already in that routine of doing this, doing this, doing this. Now you're just adding like kids. So you see players with their families and kids and stuff. No, it was great, but they couldn't really hang out because you know you're preparing for the next game. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see how you know someone feels like that but also with like the advantage you know because we were here in orlando there's no true advantage they didn't get to go home like we're at just, all. it's it was almost at times you could say it was worse because like if your family's 20 minutes away and you don't get to see them for i think the magic stayed here like six weeks right you know what i mean like you don't need to see them for six and they're 20 minutes away it's different if my family's in la that's across the country right um and even at that let's say we just had the bubble and families could do whatever, like, what were you going to do? Like Disney wasn't open. It wasn't like you're going to go to the park. It wasn't like, you're. so they would just be there with you going swimming every day or riding a bike every day or fishing. I mean, it wasn't like there was like a spot where they played me. Like, it was funny. One of the uh, players had said, cause there was like a player's pool, right? They had a DJ, you know, they could do whatever, but it's like, you're there with like 40 guys. Like so who wants to go? Like no one ever went. Like, you know, like that. Right. Like no one ever went. Because It's like, why would I go there? I don't have my family. So it's not like I can like, you know, shuck and jive and hang out with my family, you know, with good music playing. I'm like with my teammates. If that be the case, I might as well do what everybody did. Um, just walked around and, you know, hung out and, you know, played cards or down, you know, whatever it was, because that's all you could really do. The the one thing like a lot of people there was this um like sports bar in the hotel that we're staying at everybody would just go there and watch whoever's on TV. So like if we, like in my role, if I didn't have time to go to a game, uh, cause I was doing whatever, you know, duties I need to do, we just all go to the sports bar, like a little crew that I was with. And we just sit there and you'd have, you know, this team's players over here, these teams play over here. And everybody's just watching the games. And that's what everybody did. eat, watch the games game be over. Everybody's like, all right, we're out. And they go back to their rooms, go back to your room and that's it that sounds the fun. only people that the only people that truly i would say um uh, you know kind of had like i don't know if it was fun so i think everybody had fun but the referees because they were on like i think like three-day rotation so like they would ref for like three days get like a day off you know the referee so they would always be at the pool the referees are like super cool they'd be at the pool and they'd be playing their music and they'd be laughing and playing dominoes <laughs> and cards and that was like the kind of hangout but the players aren't hanging out with referees because they're on a whole different site, (laughs) you know what I mean? But the referees had like the best time. Oh man,
0: for good reason. Keep them separated. (laughs) Can can you imagine that? (laughs) Keep them separated for, for good and for good and bad reasons. Let's keep keep them on opposite, opposite ends for
2: sure. Now, one of the things that happened at the bubble, unfortunately, for, for the Magic fan base to this day, we're still thinking of that moment, is J.I., as we know, right? So he came back, looked amazing for for that period of time that he was able to play. And unfortunately, he re-injured himself. As we fast forward six months later, unfortunately, the same thing happens to Markel Falls. So mm-hmm. you get to 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 see those guys on a daily basis. You get to see them how they're doing today. What are your thoughts? Not so much on their injuries. We know they'll they'll come back fine. We 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 have faith in that. How do you see them transitioning after the injury and coming back and adapting to this new Magic team now with all these young guys? Um, what's your take on Markel and Ji in the future with the with the Magic here?
1: Um, t- to be honest, like when it comes to things like that, like it's, it's all about health, right? Um, you can say, okay, if Ji doesn't get hurt, Markel doesn't get hurt, where would the Magic be at today, right? You know, th- this basketball things happen. I think those guys being young and how hard they work like in the gym with these injuries, you know, getting better, they're always doing their um, training. They never take days off. Um, you know, they push themselves every day getting better. I, th- I think with those guys and with the young guys that we have right now, like it's only going up from here. Like, how could it really go down because give these guys two, three, four, five years, like they're veterans, they're in their primes, you know, they're going to have a lot of minutes on their, on their body. Cause they have all the years of experience. They're going to, you know, be able to work through things that they, Uh, didn't have the opportunity to work. Like it's, I can only see positive things, you know, going forward. You know, and the jag gets back to, you know, his potential, he could have been like the defensive, you know, player of the year or at least first team, you know, all Mm -hmm. defense. Like when he's putting up great numbers, you know, uh, prior to that injury, if you get him and then if Markel plays the way that he was playing before his injury, you put those together with the guys that we have that came over in the trade, the guys that have been here, um, you know, how Cole played, you know, this year, how Chuma played this year, you know, RJ played down the stretch, you know, a semi-veteran guy, you know, in, in Gary Harris, how, you know, he could, you know, fill a role, T. Ross being T. Ross, like, I mean, I, you know, you just, need, you just need games at that point, right? You know what I mean? Like, the more games they play together and get comfortable and start knowing where to be on the floor for each other, like, you know, look at Mo down the, down the stretch, you know, he had career highs, you know, in a couple categories. You know, Wendell's been solid. I mean, I, I just don't really see a hole in that team other than, you know, experience, right? You know, get more experience, you never know what could happen. And no one gets, you know, injured. But it's basketball, things happen. So, you know, you know, blessed that we don't get injured and let's see who wants to play, you know, because they're going to yeah, have to play it, every single night against those guys.
0: It just seems like it happened really, really often to what felt like only us but i've already like, <laughs> mentally i i've already mentally convinced myself that you know markel gi that they have some crazy wolverine surgery treatment that they had and they will never injure themselves in in the same way again i've already Knock mentally prepared wood. myself for that. Wood. we're good wood. now yeah. now i do want to take it take it a little back back to 2019 mm-hmm. markel was still newly traded to the Orlando magic and there was we we already got word that he was gonna play and there was a big um uh, there was a lot of hype in seeing what his his shooting form looked like and no one really knew what it was and then randomly there was a viral video that gets posted of markel shooting and the thing went wi- uh, viral everyone kind of went crazy over it um and we noticed that you were one of the ones that were there <laughs> shooting with him we did some crazy investigation you have no idea how Al and i were able to connect the dots but we realized that you were there with him now the the wild thing about that video that was posted literally maybe a few minutes later that video was deleted within a quickness um first i don't know if there was any conversation that was had like again an imagination of mine i'm thinking like mark hill received a text message we're stopping right now. Who posted that video? Delete that video, and then you continue going. Um, and if that wasn't the case, um, how how was the the training process with Markel during during that time of him finally being in a new situation and and being able to to really you know work on his game, work on the shooting um, with you know health kind of a little bit behind him.
1: Uh, well, first, hats off you guys with this investigation. So you guys did <laughs> crazy. Notice that I was in there. <laughs> um, so that was um, in the summertime. We were in LA at the like Mamba Academy or whatever, uh, working out, and the gym. I don't know if you've ever been there. So it's a huge gym, and there's stuff going on, right? There's other professional athletes in there, other you know things going on, and I want to say at that time. Um, there was like a, the ending of like a kid's camp or something. And I'm assuming, cause this, I, I don't know. I'm assuming some kid was like, Oh, that's, you know, Markel Fultz. Let me so on and so forth. Um, and as we're working out, we, we don't notice that, you know, we're not, we're not looking to see who, you know, checking everybody's phone, things like that. I mean, it's, anybody can walk in that place. You know what I mean? As far as an athlete coming to uh, get working. So When it came to that, we didn't know until after the fact. Like, we were done working out, you know, we're, like, changing, doing whatever. I'm going to head back to the hotel, you know, whatever. Um, And, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you guys, blah, blah, blah. No one was upset because it wasn't, like, a secret. It was just more of, like, a safe space. He's working out. He's going to have to show the world eventually. I just think it was kind of probably, you know, faster than what people anticipated or, wasn't when people had anticipated. Now, as far as it getting taken down, no clue. Because I mean, we don't know how it got up in the first place. Uh, but we saw it. You know what I mean? Like, because you know, once it hits the airwaves, before you can take it down, it's passed around and sent, and so on and so forth. Uh, good thing is, you know, he was hitting the shot, so that makes it even more intriguing. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? So, right, like, right, right,
0: right. Um, uh, at least they were considerate. In? They waited for the. They only posted the, <laughs> the shot <laughs> making. The
1: shot that we're there, right?
0: There, there was okay. some thought process that went into it.
1: I think, I think it was more, uh, and I'm, like, from a fan's perspective, right? You hear all of this. You know, you want to see all this. He was picked number one for some reason. You know, he, you know, did what he did in college to get to this point, and then you don't see it. And then you hear all these rumors and whys and this, and everybody starts, you know, playing detective and trying to put two and two together, and they're really getting five when the answer's four, you know, because you just don't know. And then to get a glimpse think think just makes people go wow i have to see this in full person um but if you think about it right when you finally got to see it his numbers weren't that bad like you know from like people were thinking like oh he can't do anything you know he's a terrible this he's terrible that but if you go look at his numbers like he really helped the magic for the time that you know he played you know before the injury you know whether it was shooting whether it was uh you know creating whether it was just just playing basketball and you have to remember he was off like a year from playing basketball in a sense right um so the work that he put in uh prior to that because when he you know first came to the team obviously he wasn't playing because he was still coming off his injury things like that and rehabbing and then going to the end of that summer and just working hard and then coming into our training camp and then working hard and then boom here you go this is markel it makes people say Oh, I see why he was a top pick or I see why he's a, you know, really good guard. And then you get the injury and you're like, ah, I want to see more. Um, so with that, he just has a great spirit about himself. Like he's never down on himself. Um, he's always, you know, honest with himself. He'll come get extra. He'll, he'll do more. He'll do whatever it takes. Like he's, he's a guy who you want on your team because he's coachable and he could easily be a number one pick who says, Hey, I was the number one pick. Or a guy who says like, Oh, can't believe this is happening to me you know it, it can go so many different ways and he's totally opposite of all that he's coming in you know he listens to our shooting coach uh they work together and Then he works with his position coach they work together then he gets any advice from any and everybody you know myself included and you know i'm a video associate uh he he's you know super into making himself better and he has this thing about him where you know he understands people are going to say what they're going to say, but, like, that's not his, like, focus. His focus is I can only control what I can control. I'll tell you a quick story. We were in California when we were doing, like, the workout, and uh, I was just sitting with Markel, and I just said, you know, Kelly, I just want to ask you, like, if I'm getting too personal, let me know. He's like, no, nah, you know, Pina, you guess whatever. I was like, all this stuff that you hear, like, these announcers, these, you know, radio personality. he was like, you know something, Pina? He's like, I don't even, like, watch that stuff and i'm like you have to i was like cuz i watch it he's like no i really don't he's like what can they tell me about myself that i don't already know and what can they tell me about myself about my game if they're not in the gym helping me work on it and i was just True. like wow like you know what i mean like i get it and that's how he like he comes to practice like every day big smile laugh and joke um we have a great relationship like Markel and i like we're constantly you know making jokes i could get a random text from this guy you know, in the middle of the night making a joke, you know, just like he's just one of those guys, like, he do the same thing. Uh, he has, like, one of the greatest memes ever where he's, like, doing, like, this, like, funky chicken with his legs. And every time, like, he does something, like, that I think is pretty cool, I'll, like, send it and he always laughs, you know, right? Now. He's just a good guy. Like, <laughs> So to have a guy like that on our team, he's infectious. And then, like, you know, when Coach comes in and says, hey, this is what we're looking for, everybody, like, buys in. And we all just, you know, get after it. Like, we're just one big unit. We all work together. We want everybody to succeed, and we don't have a glory hog. It's all about me. It's just like, hey, if this is working, we'll go with that. If that's working, we go with that. So,
2: that's amazing you know. to hear. Uh, now, I, I can ask you a quick follow-up to to the Markel conversation. Um, I, I'm just a firm believer in, in p- always thinking positive, right? Out of any outcome, let's let's remain positive. So, the injury, with Markel, obviously not what we wanted. We we wanted to see him play. But in my opinion, at least as a fan, it gives him more time to keep working on that shoulder, keep working on the shooting form. Mm -hmm. And I know he wanted to elevate that shot a little more. It gives him that Mm -hmm. time to do so. Is that kind of the same approach that you think Markel has? And you, as part of the coaching team, it's kind of the same idea that you guys have like, hey, that whole negative thing happened, but hey, this may help him in the long run.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, so Markel has an injury, you know, obviously to his leg. That's not stopping his arm. So he's still does all of his work, you know, on his, on his leg. And then he goes with our shooting coach and they shoot form shots, um, you know, for 30, 45 minutes, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not like, it's just a matter of like running and jumping at this point, but like, he's still, you know, every day it's not, like he just said, Oh, I'm hurt. I just got to rehab. And it's like, he does the rehab part. And he's on the court, just working on his form, you know, like dribbling, you know, send that whatever it is like to just keep the basketball flowing. And that does help because if you can imagine him healthy and shooting better than what anyone expects. And I think he averaged like what, 16 points or 17 points, you know, before the injury. So just mm-hmm. imagine if he hits two or three jump shots on top. That's a, you know, that's 21 points a game. with he's taking amazing. maybe eight, nine shots. You know what I mean? Like it's not, he's coming out there gunning. Like, you know, some people in the league, they, you know, take 20 shots, they get 20 points, you know? So I think it's a, I think it's a plus. It's a bonus. For sure. Yeah, we don't want I, I are
0: wrong, but I think it'll that's help. a that's a good reminder um to to the listeners and, and the fans out there that you know it, it was a leg injury and he's still able to work on his game. So we ha- we have this whole entire time period that he hasn't played that you know it's it's even more focused on the shooting. So it'll be exciting to finally, you know, get him on the court, especially for this for this upcoming season. Now I sure. I have I gotta ask trade deadline coach cliff no longer there i mean what's what's a what's everyone's mindset the the thought process there's there's awfully um obviously a, a change to go younger um did you see did you see just from from your your standpoint a, a concern from the vets uh, excitement from the young guys uh, for the coaching staff that's still on board currently you know it's is there it, what what's their mindset through, through this massive change of, of occurrences that's happening right now?
1: I'm going to speak for me. Um, going through this, it's, you know, the unknown because you're just like, oh, man, like the leader, you know, as, you know, he's not here anymore. What do we do? But we, I mean, we go in there every day as if, you know, Coach Cliff was still there. Like, we go in there work with the guys. Everybody's still laughing and joking. We're still, you know, have that same master because we still have jobs to do. And, you know, we still have, you know, opportunity to, you know, put a stamp on what Orlando is doing here. There's, you know, the staff is still here for a reason, right? And whatever the front office is going to do, uh, it's it's no one's controlling. You know, some people have been in this situation before. Um, me, first time, obviously, for me to be in this situation. So when I first came, I was like, oh, what's going on here? But it's communication, right? You get the call. Hey, we're all coming to work. You know, so they, it's not it's not as if coach cliff said, Oh, I'm done with this. Right. This was obviously something that was going on with coach cliff in the front office. And they felt, you know, it was best for both. Like when coach called, you know, he just said, Hey, it's nothing against you. It's nothing against anybody else. This is just something, you know, it's better for me. And, you know, so like, you're like, Oh, okay. It's not like you have those breakups where it's like, this guy's terrible. Get him out of here. You know, it it wasn't like that. Like in the front office, isn't like that. They're great guys, you know, at the top, um, very open. Like, you, you hear the open door policy. Um, and I always tell people all the time, like people say that, but no one wants you to come knock right. on their door. Like, you know, yep. it's, it's one of those like, Oh, I have an open door policy, but I'm always busy. Now, our front office isn't like that. Like I could probably call our front office right now at nine o'clock and they'd pick up and say, Hey, you know what's going on? You know, you have any questions, concerns. Um, they're all here to help. Um, now on the business side, again, this is something that's way above my pay grade. I, you know, whatever they're choosing to do, they see a future, um that's beneficial for the Orlando magic. And as somebody that works for that staff, I see the benefit as well. If you want to go young and get some draft picks and, you know, say, Hey, we're going to start this way. Great. If you want to trade and get all veterans, obviously you see, Hey, we're trying to, you know, win something out. If you want to save money and possibly get a, you know, huge free agent, you know, what, whatever it is, they have a plan that that's not really what we do. We're here to whoever you bring in, Let's work, let's you know get them better so it fits the plan, and we all come together and say, I did my part, they did their part, they did their part, and this is why we have a championship caliber team. Um, it, it's almost like a, a machine, and, I, and, and to be honest, in my opinion, it's more of the well-oiled machines are the ones who are usually winning, right? Your right. video room, they're all together, and they get the information to the coaches. The coaches get the information, they deliver it to the players. The players do the plan, and they win the games. The you know, games win, the crowd comes in because the players are there, and then the front office is the one who says, All right, I'm driving this ship. And this is why this is happening, because they're putting people in those positions that you know make us sustainable and we win.
2: That makes perfect sense. Well, I gotta ask you earlier on. In the show, you said um, one of your dream jobs would be to transition to the front office, to, to some mm-hmm. position where you're making the decisions and you're kind of running the show. Um, if you are running the Magic, you know what? what is your vision of the Magic right now when it comes to just long-term vision? What is your thoughts on the future of the franchise right now with this transition to go young, with the players on the roster? What are your thoughts on that at this moment?
1: I think it's in good hands. I mean, if you look at it, I, and I don't know our average age, but I'm assuming it has to be 23, 24-ish. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah.
1: And I, and, I, and I honestly, I think that's probably a little older because I, I, I want to say, you know, like, what, RJ's like, what, 20? Uh, I think Cole may be like 21. You know, Mo and Wendell might be 22, 23. Markell's 23. You know, you have your older guys like Gary. I think he's 26. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you, know, you have uh, Terrence, who's the elder statesman, I want to say Terrence might be like 29, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, James Dennis might be 30, like, you know, so it's not. So take off, let's say you take off the older veteran guys and you just go with like this young group in the trade, so on and so forth. They have to be 22, 23. So I think it's in great hands. You're just wanting them to uh, stay young but grow up quick is a term that, you know, like an old coach of mine used to say, right? I want you to be young and play with all this vigor and all this, you know, excitement and so on and so forth. But mentally, I want you to grow up quick. So you know where to be, how to be, what it takes to win, you know, come back to the gym and get better, uh, you know, read your playbook or ask questions, you know, watch film, get a routine, you know, all the stuff that, you know, is, is preached. You want them to do that, but you also want them to play with their youthfulness, you know? So I, I, if I were, if I were, you know, running it, I would say we're heading in awesome direction you know what i mean like this is almost perfect could you use you know an all-star vooch sure <laughs> you know what i mean like you know you know that's somebody who you know just can count on every single night right he's going to do this but can you get that out of the other guys on our team sure well again just imagine it's healthy somebody's gonna that's be consistent right. every single night to get you those numbers you know it may be a collective effort instead of one person it could be just imagine right i, I just tell it all the time when when i was coaching Everybody wants to average 40 points, right? I want to be the man. I want to – could you imagine 10 people averaging 10 points? (laughs) 10 guys averaging 10 points. You got 100 points. And that's just everybody averaging 10, right? So everybody's like, that's a tough – how do you scout that, right? And, And you know that doesn't happen obviously at this level. Just imagine 10 guys averaging 10 points, but then you have a guy who says, well, I stepped my game up, and I'm averaging 15. You got another guy who says, I'm averaging 18. Well, look how many points you scored collectively as a team, Right? Like, that's kind of what it looks like it could be from our team. You just hope everybody averages 20 and we're just blowing everybody out every single night. <laughs> you know? That's, that's what we want, right?
0: Yeah, we're hitting that 200 mark every night. Everyone averaging <laughs> one.
1: Just get out and go, right? Defend and get out and go, right?
0: Yeah, man, I I think you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, right now, it's it's there's, there's so many young guys. And I think from the fan base, there's, there's a worry that – there's just not enough uh, development to go around because you can only put five players on the court at one time and you you have players that, you know, maybe now with a different coaching staff that they might benefit from, you know, another coaching staff to have a little bit more of an of an opportunity. And I said this before. I think that um, I, I view Mobamba as as a rookie this season. Just I'm not sure. What has been said, what has happened, I'm not in the mix. I don't know anything. I'm just an outsider. Um, but I, I've always thought that, you know, he's a player that would benefit from a different environment. And luckily, we have the opportunity that the different environment is a, a different coaching staff. Now, um, you know, we're going to we're going to get into our, our overtime. And, and it's pretty much okay. this rapid fire. I'm going to ask you, you know, three simple questions and you just give us your response. The first one. All right. Am if I timed on his
1: response?
0: No, nah, no, nah, you're not. Oh, you're not okay. time. If you want to elaborate, yeah. you can't elaborate. Um, if you are a young player trying to make it into the league, which path you think uh would be the the best way forward? Is it through college, is it international, or is it the the newfound glory of the G League?
1: All right, so that's a loaded question. So I would say college because um you never get that time back in your life, right? To like be a young adult growing into whatever you're going to grow into, you know, college basketball is awesome, you know, March Madness, things like that. That's a great experience. Um, I sometimes, you know, talk with my buddies, like maybe they should possibly change the rules because, you know, like college football, they got to stay like three years, you know, before they go pro. Um, and I think possibly make a rule. Like if you win a national title as a freshman, you can go out. If you're national player of the year, you can go out. Um, if you, you know, I don't know, make the final four, you know, something like that, then you can go. If not, you got to at least come back for another year. One, I think it helps you mature, it helps your body, it also helps, you know, uh, scouting, you know, things like that, you kind of see a little bit more. But at the same time, free country, if you feel like you're good enough to go, uh, go. So I would say college is a is a big benefit. Um, now when it goes to international, I don't see how that hurts you because, you know, like Luca played professionally, you know, international wise where he's from and look at what he's done in the league. Um, RJ went over there. He's successful. Uh, Lamello ball went over there. He's successful. Other people, Brandon Jennings, you know, uh, people have done that. So that's, you learn like the pro style, uh, going to the G league, same thing, right? You're in a pro routine and with the G league, you get opportunity to, um, play against other pros, right. Uh, every single night that are in the caliber of where you're trying to go. Cause overseas, you can potentially get into a system where, uh, they're old school, just dump it into the big man. And it's so slow and you don't really get to, you know, show off what you can do. Right. Opposed to like the G league, they're going to play NBA style because all these people are trying to get NBA. So I think they're all beneficial. I think just, it's what's beneficial to the person. But if it were, I, uh, I'm, I'm biased. I would like to see guys go to college, you know, two years, unless there's a certain requirement. Like I, you know, kind of made up on my own uh, for those guys, just because, um, there's people who went to college for three, four years and they're in the Hall of Fame. So just because you go to the league early doesn't mean you're going to make the Hall of Fame, right? You know what I mean? Right. You get more years on your body, but yeah,
2: yeah, and get the free education too, right? In the process, free
1: education, yeah, <laughs> or some, you know, some of the free education.
2: That's true. <laughs> now, second question for you: I was going to ask you for five, but that's too many. I, I want to ask you for just two guys in the NBA today that kids should try to resemble the games after. Because again, we all know we all want to be the next Steph Curry, the next LeBron, but we know not everyone's it's gifted with those those traits that they have. So, who are two, two guys that you think kids should watch and say, "Hey, I'm going to learn from those guys."
1: So I'll give you three, right? And I'm not going to say guys. I'm going to say, if I were the player, right, who would I have to look up to? It would be me, myself, and I. And the reason why is because your skill set is not Steph's, your skill set's not Kobe's, your skill set's not LeBron's, your skill set's not Kevin Durant you're, you're none of those you are who you are um could you take some things from someone's game sure 100 but how many people handle the ball like Kyrie how many people shoot the ball like Steph Curry how many people are you know 6'12 as Kevin Garnett once said you know about some people who I'm not saying for them 6'12 right uh that shoot the ball like Kevin Durant right you're 6'1 135 pounds how can I model my game after steps, right? I can get in the gym and I can shoot it and keep shooting it. So I I don't, I don't think they should uh, compare themselves or look up to anybody in that regard. But do I think you should say, Ooh, I like that move that that person does. Let me see if I can do that. You know, Ooh, he shoots 500 shots a day. I can do that. Like, you know, whatever. I think that's how anybody coming into the league, um, that's what they should do. Now I will tell you this. Coming into the league, one thing that they all should have is like their go to. What is their one thing that if I can do this consistently, I always have an opportunity, right? And so if it's, you know, for a big man, if I'm just going to jump hook, right? Left, right, jump hook. I'm going to make sure I can do that, right? I'll work on everything else, shooting threes, putting on the ground. But if I can, if I get to this block and I can jump hook consistently, right, left hand, that's my key and all the other stuff is just what makes people say oh wow right like that's good so that's my opinion if that helps you know answer the question i know it's kind of off the question but that's what
0: I nah, that's, a, that's that's a great perfect. answer me my yeah. me myself and i i like it yeah. now um so I, i'm not sure if you've you've seen it but there there's a picture of uh patrick star from spongebob kind of going around there's a picture of it kind of locked down in chains and then it looks like he's on trial and then you got a bunch of people on the outside kind of looking down and it, and the question that's being asked is you know what what basketball take makes you feel that way like you're the only one on the island that feels this way and everyone's kind of looking down on you as now Mask and peanut the the basketball fan what would be mm-hmm. your wildest basketball take
1: Take as in what sense? Like
0: what what am I like? Take take as like? in for I'll I'll share you, I'll share you mine. And it's probably okay. not not it's probably a little insensitive now that I think about it. But <laughs> I'm a die hard I'm a diehard T Mac fan. And okay. I, I will I will live and die um when I say that I just personally believe I'm biased. I'm I personally believe that T Mac was a better player than Kobe Ryan. I I think that people may not agree and people may look down on that, but that's my take. That's I'll I'll die alone on that island. What would be your wildest NBA take?
1: That Michael Jordan's not the GOAT.
0: Ooh, Ooh. that's a good one. That's <laughs> a,
1: then
2: I got to ask a follow up. That's then. a good one. So, who is the GOAT in your eyes? So, here's where it gets hairy. <laughs> What's the category for a
1: GOAT? One. And basketball is a team game. Is Michael Jordan the greatest XYZ of this? Sure. But take championships. Does he have the most championships? Nope. No. So does that make Bill Russell the greatest player because he has most championships? Because some people don't even put him in this top, put Bill Russell in their top 10, right? Um, That's accurate. abdul uh, Jabbar is the greatest scorer. No one ever calls him the GOAT, right? Accurate. LeBron has all the, the most uh, statistical categories. He's at the top. And they're kind of saying he's the GOAT, but he's battling, you know, with Michael's GOATness. Uh, Matt Johnson, they say he's the greatest. Uh, point guard he doesn't right. own the assist record uh, Gary Payton has the only guard to win defensive player of the year he doesn't hold the stills record um, what, what's the GOAT now do I think he was probably the GOAT when it came to being the fiercest competitor who just wanted to win at all costs and would take the whole team on his back win lose or draw sure but I can't take anything away from, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant. I felt he did the same thing, you know, with his team. Kevin Garnett in Minnesota, when he won MVP. In Minnesota, he won MVP, right? Kevin Garnett every night played, you know, with that. So it's just hard. for So for me, when people are like, oh, Jordan is the GOAT, I think he's the greatest, right? Don't get me wrong, one of the greatest. But what is he? what makes him the GOAT? And no one can ever say, oh, he's just Jordan. That's what they say. Oh, he's just Jordan. Now I will tell you this, what made him, to me, the GOAT um, Was that When marketing came about And that Olympics mm-hmm. at 92 That kind Like He was On top of the basketball world And then to go to the USA team And Do how You know Play you know With his grace On these You know The the, the other countries And so it's like Wow that's Michael But you know Michael didn't lead that team In scoring right You guys mm-hmm. know Who led that team In scoring Charles Barkley That's crazy <laughs> So, think so, about that. Think about I mean, it. it collective great talent, right? So and why doesn't
0: he? Why doesn't he use that comeback with Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> out, of, out of all the times they dog him on the on the TNT show, that's that's ammunition that dude should use.
1: Because honestly, regardless, they're always going to say, "I got something that you don't have." Is that's it, right? it. Kenny, Kenny doesn't have an uh, uh, NBA Olympic, you know, gold medal. But True. you know, Shaq and Barkley do or whatever. But Kenny has two rings and Barkley does not. You know what I mean? Shaq has what four rings and Kenny only has two. You know, they all have one up on everybody or whatever, you know, Hall of Fame or so on and so forth. That's all he could really ever say. Well, I'm in the Hall of Fame. And the only person that really affects is Kenny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Kenny could also and Kenny could also probably come back now because I didn't at uh, TNT just like that show just all become like Hall of Famer or Broadcasters or whatnot. Yeah, so you te- say, technically you got him. Technically, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I'm just not technically. <laughs> so, so that was my I, my thing. Jordan's not the goat.
0: So, but but you, it's kind of now you left us on the edge. Who you? Who's that one player you're putting on the pedestal? It only fits one. Who are you putting out there?
1: I'm biased. I, I I think Magic Johnson is
0: there the you greatest. Go
1: basketball point guard. player and i'm not and i'm not talking about skill wise <laughs> talent wise things like that just what he brought to the game like let's run let's smile let's have fun this is a game let's you yeah. know let's just create you know the the crazy passes. let's do all the stuff at that height at that size that other people don't do and also magic is the only one that ever um he's the only nba point guard to average double figures assist for a career
0: for his career for his wow. career that's crazy
1: so, you know,
0: huh. Matt Ma- Magic Johnson. I like, Magic I, like Johnson. Laker, I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> <You're talking laughs> yeah, That's a Laker, but I like it. He's a player. He's uh, a player. a Laker. Daryl Jordan Jr., aka Peanut Man, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. For those that want to continue following your journey, where can they find you on on social media?
1: Uh, you can go to Instagram. It's Mister, like Mr. Uh, P N U T T. So it's just Mister Peanut um same like all, all my tags are the same like all my handles everywhere it's just mr peanut like p n u t t though and not spelled the correct way spelled the friendly way p n u t t you can find me there uh twitter uh I, I really that's that's about it you know i'm not i'm not too savvy on the whole facebook and all these tiktoks and things like that i'm old man like you know, so <laughs> i'm i'm barely hanging on with the uh twitters and the and the, and the instagram
0: yeah, man. Leave, leave the TikTok alone. Leave it alone. Leave it for the youngins. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: all right, man. It's Rad.
0: Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.